Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you. It's Tuesday. It's a little after nine. You'll figure out a little bit why, we, uh, why we're even a little bit later than normal. But we, we did our best to be here on time. Uh, I was a little bit behind, had a softball game. But if we're here, it's time to talk about the Steelers. And who else am I going to talk about the Steelers with other than my big brother, Rich? Rich, how's it going tonight? Oh, it is going okay tonight. Uh, okay tonight. Yeah, it is okay tonight. Um, I, I've been a little off today. Not have not been feeling the hottest. Running a very very low f- type fever that's bounced up and down today. So I was laying down earlier, and but I'm good now because ready to talk about Steelers. Got lots that, that I feel we can talk about because you know. Sure, we talk about it's the boring time of year, but there's never a boring time of year when it comes to talk about the Steelers. And of course, it's never boring because there's a chance that you and I just basically get to talk. But we're not going to be alone tonight. We'll get to that in just a second. But I'll tell you this. I've had my ups and downs today. I had my downs because I was dragging because we had an enormous thunderstorm roll through in the night, which one of my children, you know, you, you think about it. Usually you say two out of three ain't bad. But when two out of three of your kids sleep through a thunderstorm, that's great. But when you only have – but as, if you have one that does it, it, it didn't matter if it was one or all three of them. So, uh, yeah, I was up in the night. I was dragging a little bit. But today I had to take my daughter to piano lessons. And I get in the car and turn on the radio, and guess what's on the radio? Uh, Renegade by Renegade. Sticks. <laughs> Renegade. Renegade's on the radio, so I'm like, as bad as this day was, this day just got a whole lot better. And today, today's kind of a special day for me as well. Um, you probably don't realize this, but 15 years ago today, I moved into my house that I'm in right now. It was 15 years ago today. So I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I still feel – I don't know that all my boxes are unpacked still. I can <laughs> but <laughs> – I can tell you what happened 20 years ago today. Okay. Sergeant Pepper taught the band to play. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Come on. So, well, I, I, I teased something already. I don't want to keep it waiting too long. This, in case you guys are – anyone's here turning, tuning in for the first time, whether you're here with us live on Facebook or in, in the YouTube chat – this is our quote-unquote family show. The reason it's family show is because it's just two brothers sitting around talking stillers. That's what we do. But uh, something else that we do here is that we like to include our BTSC family, especially when it's those that haven't r- properly been introduced. So we started this, what was it, a couple of seasons ago, where we would try to have on Every person who was a writer for Behind the Steel Curtain, a lot, a lot of our podcasters that we have now made their debut with you and I. Well, of course you did, but uh, Kevin Smith, the first time he did a podcast, it was with us. Uh, Shannon White, I'm pretty sure the first time he did a podcast, it was with us. Uh, Jeffrey Benedict, I'm pretty sure the first time he did a podcast, it was with us. Um, I don't know. I know we had the Aussies on to 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 hype their new show 
from the podcast side, but I don't know if we were the first ones or not. But a lot of a lot of people make their uh, BTSE podcast debut because we like to bring them on as people that are contributing to the site. We have one of our new contributors. When I say new contributors, he's been. Uh, contributing to Behind the Steel Curtain for a while now as a volunteer, but is now officially on staff. So what we are bringing in, one Bradley Locker, who had an article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com today. He's joining us tonight, and we're going to talk about this article because it was a great topic, wonderful topic for us to have for the show. So, Bradley, we got you up. Uh, I think you are unmuted. How's it going this evening? It is going phenomenally. Very happy to be making my BTSC podcasting debut and no better two people to talk about the Steelers with on this great Tuesday Tuesday evening now. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're a time zone away from us, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm in central time. There you go. So so uh, what we've learned now, I've, I don't remember who said it. I can't remember if it was Andrew. I can't remember if it was one of the, one of the, the, the yins talking about guys, one of the Aussies. Somebody started referring to it as Pittsburgh time. So that's all I'm doing anymore now. For, forget this Eastern stuff. It's, it's just after 9 o'clock Pittsburgh time. So Bradley's here. Uh, Bradley, yes, I know people are already giving you a hard time in the live chat. Before we came <laughs> on the air, my brother did the same thing because of what's over your left shoulder. Yes, you know what? We don't care about baseball on this podcast. We really don't. Um, so we'll, we'll ignore, for those of you on the audio side, this that Yankee symbol. I, I care about baseball <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> I don't. I don't baseball. Go ahead, I will say, I, I, I will care say about I baseball do. on this podcast if if Kyle's playing. Oh, if Kyle's playing. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Bradley. I, I definitely do not dislike the Pirates at all. Like, I think the Pirates doing well is something I would like to see for all the people I know from Pittsburgh. Hopefully, I heard uh, a report that they might call up O'Neill Cruz soon, so that would be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. I've uh, I have noticed when they've won some games. But I keep saying this for a while. I don't think I could name five players on any major league team right now since I stopped doing fantasy baseball a couple years ago. But Bradley, when did you start writing for Behind the Steel Curtain, even just just as a volunteer? I started April 2020, so right around the start of the pandemic. I think it was also like the 2020 NFL draft. And if I remember correctly, the first piece I ever did was talking about Chase Claypool being drafted, and I compared him to Martavis Bryant. And that drew a, a very fiery reaction from a lot of Steelers fans because they thought Claypool <laughs> was too slow. And so I kind of knew right off the bat, well, this is what I was getting myself into. But it's, it's been a great ride. Yeah. Now, um, then we, we were able to, to bring you on, on staff here recently to where you're contributing. But that's also not the only SB Nation site that you're on staff with, correct? That is correct. As you can possibly see it wrong, wrong arm, I'll, I'll go, eh. Can't figure it out behind me, but this uh, this okay. flag is a Northwestern pennant because uh, I'm, I'm a student at Northwestern and I am very heavily involved in their SB Nation site. It's called Inside and You. I'm a managing editor for them, and uh, we just finished up a tremendous spring uh, spring quarter of content with the Northwestern softball team, making the Women's College World Series for the first time in 15 years. Um, so nice. it's never a dull moment over there, even though some of the athletic programs can be disappointing, but just just a lot of fun too. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you on board. I know you, you're you really excited to, to be involved with some of the staff things that we do and staff picks and things like that as the season gets going. But to the 
title that we've taken long enough to introduce you. The title of tonight's show is about an article that you had that ran today at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And the, the title tonight is just Storylines to Follow Until Training Camp. Your article was five major storylines to follow. You, you listed out five of them. So we're going to go through one at a time, and we're going to talk, bring them up and talk about them because we are in, as Jeff Hartman likes to call it, the dog days of summer. This is where the Steelers are gone. They are The players are scattered to the wind. Some of them hang around Pittsburgh. Some of them still can work out at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex if they wish, but they can go get their workouts in wherever they want. And usually this is the time of year that we don't want to hear about stuff. Jeff Hartman talked about this on his Monday Let's Ride, um, about players to players to, to look for. I know one of them he brought up was, you know, Devin Bush, because we want to make sure there's no crazy tweets or anything like that. But this is the kind of this is the time of year you don't want to hear news unless it's something specific. And you lined out these specific things uh, for us. So we're, we're, we're just going to go through. I'm, I'm going to get your thoughts. Um, the very first one is the extensions. You said, look, look for extensions. Um, I'll, I'll come in and comment on that a little bit. You specifically listed three of Minka Fitzpatrick, Deontay Johnson, and Chris Boswell. What do you have to say about maybe the timing of these extensions and which players could be getting extensions between now and training camp? Well, I think the first thing would be that the more likely extensions would definitely be Banka Fitzpatrick and Chris Boswell. Boswell, um, having been with the team for a long time now and really one of the best kickers in the NFL over the last four, three to four seasons, if you, I guess since that 2018 disaster, he's just mm-hmm. been amazing. And I know um, I don't really know if a lot of Steelers fans were considering an extension for Boswell, even though he is a free agent at the end of the year. But then Danny Smith kind of gave us some context clues, the Steelers special teams coordinator, and said, well, Boswell is, is slated to get a new deal here pretty soon. So I think as a result of that, Steelers fans should keep an eye on on Boswell. And the numbers for Kegers are still very surprisingly cheap when I was checking spot track and to get the contract numbers, I saw Justin Tucker was the highest average annual value at just five million a year, which definitely feels like a steal. I know uh, some guys like Skip Bayless have said he should be making thirty million. I don't know about that, but uh, I do think Boswell will make somewhere comfortably more than he's making right now. Probably like five to six million a year seems fair, and he's only uh, thirty-one if I remember correctly. So Boswell is definitely a guy to watch, and then Micah Fitzpatrick too, one of the best safeties in the NFL, definitely a top ten safety in my book. Um, and one of the best free safeties. And since he's come to the Steelers in 2019, just has been uh, amazing and a true game changer on that side of the defense. So Minka should get a deal probably around 18 to 20 million a year. Nothing has really materialized of the safeties. We've seen a lot of the receivers, and I'll get to that in a second. But the highest paid safety in the NFL is still Jamal Adams at just under 18 million. And Adams is a solid player, but was he worth all that the Seahawks gave up to acquire him? Probably not. Um, so I think Minka will be one of the safeties in contention to reset that should also pay attention to Justin Simmons of the Broncos, as well as Jesse Bates of the Bengals, who's on the franchise tag. And that deadline is July 15th. So those are the two guys I think Steelers fans should especially pay attention to, but also don't discount Deontay Johnson. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He's made it known he wants to be compensated more than he has been. And especially we've seen just a massive boon in the receiver market. Uh, guys like Christian Kirk have, have really offset that and Hunter Renfro and uh, Cooper Cup getting their dues this past week. So I think it's Deontay and extension could probably be around five years, um, 85 million or so, probably a little more than that, just because 
the market is going to continue to trend up and up, especially as some people have noted with the salary cap potentially expanding with new TV deals. And I know I made an article, I think it was last week, explaining why I thought the Steelers should extend Deontay Johnson, but Steelers fans were very, very mixed on that idea. And many of them were um, kind of scornful about the fact that Deontay wants a bigger contract. So, Yeah, I definitely said, Rich, anything you want to say specifically about those three before I ask the next thing about it? Um, I'm not sure where you're going to go to the next thing. I'll just make a quick statement on it is that I think what goes on with all this is all dependent on Minka. Uh, the longer it takes before that gets done, the less likely I think you'd see the other ones. See, because that's what I was going to ask: is the timing. Where, where do you, mm-hmm. what do you think, Rich? I'll ask you first. The timing of yep. these contracts. Um, um, for there, not saying that there aren't continuing talks going on, like you know, with 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 Boswell's agent and with Deontay's agents, and, and you know, there's talks about what kind of things could be there. I really don't think anything's going to get too serious until the Minka deal would get done because that would help with your cap space to have the flexibility on the others. Boswell potentially could get done because, again, we're not talking near the type of money um, for a kicker. Um, but I still think that the Steelers wouldn't do a Boswell deal unless they really knew they were going to have the Minka deal done before the start of the season. Yeah, see, my I, I've brought this up that, believe it or not, there's not a lot of contracts that the Steelers do during this time of the year. There really isn't. The biggest time that they get is usually at the end of, of mini camp or into training camp. And the most likely time is after the last preseason game before the first regular season game is when the majority of the big contracts get done. I know Cam Hayward, his, his last contract fell in that category where it was the beginning of September. But the one before that, he was one of the rare contracts that fell during this time. I am not going to get upset if I don't see any of these contracts signed before training camp. To me, if there's going to be one of them, I think it's Boswell. I think if anyone does one between now and training camp, my money would be on Boswell. I think Minkas is going to push off like TJ Watts did unless they really come together on something. And if they do, that's great. I'm not saying that I think that's a bad thing. I'm If if it's the third preseason game and Minka still doesn't have a deal, I'm still not going to be concerned. I get concerned when the kickoff game on, thir- on the first Thursday night happens and if he hasn't had a deal. Then I'm starting to get worried about it a little bit. So – that that's really where I look at it, but I can see if anyone gets it would be Boswell. Um, I'll ask Bradley this: Give me a number out of those three. How many of them get new deals? Are we, we're talking just this, like before before the season starts. Just before right? the season starts, out of those three guys, I will go. I think I'm lagging a little bit. Let's see, no, you're okay. No, you're good. Hopefully my connection comes back. Okay, there we go. Yeah. I would say I think I'll go with two. I think Boswell. I has the better chance of being done early as, as you guys were talking about, just because it is going to be a lot cheaper, but I think there's a lot of incentives to get that make a deal done as well, just because he would be one of the more highly coveted free agents at the end of the season. And the Steelers want to reward him with his play. And I talked about a guy like Jesse Bates, that July 15th number is a pretty looming deadline for the safety market. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the Steelers can get something done before July 15th, maybe Jesse Bates goes for 21 million a year. The Steelers can sign Minka for 18 million a year all of a sudden that's looking like a steal so 
I think Boswell probably gets done first and then Minka maybe towards the end of uh, training camp or the end of the preseason as we saw with TJ Watt last year in early September. So I'll go with those two. I don't think Deontay Johnson gets the deal. Rich? I'm agreeing with Bradley. Um, yeah. I, I really think that, that two get done. I think it's Boswell and Minka. Um, I, and not, not that they don't yeah. want to sign um, Deontay, but really right now, well, Jeffrey and I hit on it a little bit on Sunday night mm-hmm. on the Q&A <laughs> that, you know, um, Deontay Johnson throughout his career has only really, you know, he's had Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback. Sure, we had the season of the Duck and Mason show, but um, I, I think you play it out. And I also saw folks bring it up in the live chat here and there about, you know, man, wide receiver deals and they're kind of ridiculous and crazy. And, and um, I really kind of agree that right now I think the league is way overpaying on wide receivers. Um. I have a feeling that in a year or two, that all is going to come back around. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. wide receiver right now is the one position in the NFL that you are going to see over the next couple of years. You're going to see the you're not going to see them continue to reset the bar, reset the bar, reset the bar on contracts. There's just too many decent receivers out there to keep paying just a few of these guys that kind of ridiculous money. It's just yeah, that, that's a, that's a great point, Rich. And I also think we have to consider the readiness of NFL or college receivers going into the NFL now that their route trees are a lot more extensive and they're getting better coaching. And you look at the guys at Ohio State, like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, coming out this year, and more of these receivers are going to be high picks, like. Jackson Smith and Jigba this upcoming draft, but you can also find a lot of receivers in the second and third round, which we know the Steelers do super well. So there's not as much incentive to try to pay a lot of money to a receiver, unless he's really special, like a Devontae Adams or a Cooper Cup type necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing you got to realize is that if the Steelers decide they don't want to pay Deontay Johnson that much, then you want to see him get a big deal somewhere else um, and hope that the Steelers don't sign more players and they lose and they can maybe get that a, a third round comp pick because that might be the Steelers thinking is, do we want to pay that much money or do you think we can, we can replace it with a third round pick if we pick up another one. But then again, if they're, if you're signing five guys and only losing three, you're not going to get a comp pick no matter how big his deal is. So to me, I think it's two of the three. I think Johnson is the least likely. And the reason that I say I'd like to see two out of the three is if you've, if, if if all three of them have great years next year, you can't only franchise one of them. I don't think that they changed it from where they did it with COVID at the one point where you could have two. That, that wasn't even COVID. That was because of the. it was the last year of the last CBA. There was a thing where you could have two two franchises. You technically could franchise and transition somebody. Um, but bottom line is you, you kind of want to get these guys locked in. I think, I think if you have any salary cap savings right now, Minka is probably going to save you some against the cap if you get that deal done because that first year will be lower. But I think Boswell, um, that's the guy that I think if if they need to spend some cap money, they should get him locked in. So that's something to look forward to. You could these are things that you could see, but and that would be a pleasant story. But it might not happen between now and training camp. Here's the next one, and to me, this is the one. This is the one you're going to hear about. I'm actually surprised it didn't happen last week that uh, that Bradley had this article, and that is Kenny Pickett, the last member of the Pittsburgh Steelers draft class to sign his rookie deal. He is also the highest draft pick yet to sign his deal. 
picks one through 19 are all signed. There's only him and I think, is it the Patriots first round pick? Yeah, it's not signed yet. Yeah, so he's one of two first round rounders who hasn't signed. We should be seeing that coming soon. Bradley, what what do you want to say? I, I will tell you, Bradley. You you gave an estimate of what you thought his deal would be. I actually went in and looked at what it can be under the salary cap and made sure we had that all lined up there. And the way that works is it it should come in under sixteen million for the four years, and he should have a cap hit less than I'm pretty sure it's 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 less than three million dollars uh, based on based on where that is. So. What's your thoughts of this, of getting Kenny Pickett out of contract? I think, as, as you said, it's absolutely crucial for this team to get Pickett under contract. And I feel like we haven't really been talking about it that much because with the first round picks, there's kind of a lot of noise made when, I don't know, like Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson were signing their deals. And then we think, oh, these are the first guys to get their deals done. But the stragglers, nobody really pays attention to unless it's the clock starts taking and then all of a sudden it's August and September and the deals haven't been landed and that's where disputes can emerge over money or guarantees or signing bonuses or things like that. Um, so I think I think the Pickett deal will get done. I don't think it's a question, but until Pickett is officially under contract, there's just a little bit more anxiety regarding the whole situation that, that's just looming. Yeah. Rich. Do you think the fact that he was the only quarterback taken in the first, what was it, nine, 70 picks, that because it's the he's the only quarterback there, do you think that has anything to do uh, with why he's one who hasn't signed? I don't know, but it's not doing – it's honestly not doing all that much to that. I mean, yeah. come on, Dave, think about it. We, you know, we remember back when, you know, the difference in these deals for for some of these picks in the first round were, you know, huge, huge. <laughs> they can't be now. You know, now you're talking about, you know, well, it, <laughs> having been someone who works in 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 college housing, I always said it, it was always interesting when I worked at Binghamton University. The rooms there had thermostats in them. Okay. And what the students didn't realize is they could move those thermostats all they wanted. Their only actual control was between 68 and 72 degrees. <laughs> the rest of the thermostat was there just for show. And that's what I feel like it is when it comes You're, to. That's a great example. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I feel like. Ever since like, 2011. Like players are drafted in a certain slot. Their amount of wiggle room of what goes on with their contract is so narrow. Yeah. I don't sweat it getting done. I really yeah. don't. I don't sweat. No teams really, I think, really in the end sweat yeah. these contracts getting done like they used to. Well, I think the biggest thing that it comes down to is how much are you guaranteeing? Yes. Because that's the different thing. And being a quarterback and a quarterback who may or may not win the job, you don't know when, if, well, I don't want to say if, uh, but it's you still have to say if, if and when he ultimately wins the job, when is that going to be? So that's part of the reason you're trying to get, you know, as much guaranteed money and things like that out of this. Cause if, if you notice, um, I mean, the signing bonus is pretty much set in, but it's how much are you making? You can only increase uh, the, their salary so much each season under, under the, the guidelines of the CBA, but it's how much you decide to guarantee that contract is really the biggest thing. Bradley, anything else you want to say to close it up on that one? 
I mean, you guys talked about the guarantees, and I think we have to look at Trey Lance of the 49ers as a really good example as to why those are important because everyone thought, well, the 49ers are giving up multiple first-round picks and moving up to number three to take Trey Lance. Obviously, he's the guy of the future, but there's still a lot of uncertainty there um, because they haven't traded Jimmy Garoppolo yet. Maybe they won't trade Jimmy Garoppolo because of the shoulder injury, and apparently there are kind of varying reports about how ready Lance is to be the starting guy. So there's a chance that Trey Lance starts – I don't know, under under 10 games his first two years in the NFL, and that's when the contract numbers really start to to yeah. matter. And I think that's the type of situation we could see if, if Mr. Trubisky is amazing and the Steelers want to honor that second year of the contract, then Kenny Pickett may not see much action in his second year. Yeah, so there's just because with uncertainty of how it's going to go forward, I think that's exactly right. So he's probably, I mean, and there's not another quarterback drafted close to him to really compare to. Oh, well, we're not going to give you, we're not going to give you all five years guaranteed. Sorry, all four years guaranteed when there was a quarterback drafted, you know, five spots ahead of you that he only had three years. You, you know, it's it's offset language and things of that nature where it all comes together. Um, the next one on this list of your storylines, does the team add a defensive lineman? So go ahead, Bradley, set us up with that one. Well, I think obviously since the retirement of Stefan Tuit, the depth of the defensive line has certainly been under skepticism. I personally think the Steelers have more than enough able bodies and, and talent on the defensive line. Chris Wormley had seven sacks a year ago, 10 quarterback hits. Definitely a career year for Wormley, and he's a veteran presence. Obviously, AFC North experience playing in Baltimore beforehand. And then Montrevious Adams really jumped off the page in limited snaps. I think we, I think the Vikings game really stands out to me as a game where he was a true difference maker in that one. And again, he's more of a rotational defensive lineman, but he can definitely give you a boost on that front. And I think, obviously, the return of Tyson Alu-Alu is going to be huge for this team, literally and figuratively. He is the run stopper that this team needs, and that's why we saw the run defense just get gashed so many times last year. So you factor in those three, then the youngsters like Isaiah Loudermilk, who showed some flashes but never really put it together, to Marvin Leal, we're not sure we're going to get a lot with him. I guess former projected first-round pick taken in the third round, so a lot of people think the Steelers could have a sleeper on their hands. Um, but I think if you look at that group, there are more than enough pieces to put together a good defensive line overall. But there are also no shortage of, of veterans out there like Ndama Kung Su. Um, he's on the, he was on the Buccaneers, now replaced by Akeem Hicks. But Sue can still be a game wrecker. Um, I believe Quinton Jefferson is still available. Eddie Goldman from the Bears. So there are a lot of cheap options that Omar Khan and crew could explore. But it's just at this point, how much faith do they have in the room? And I think the faith is pretty high at this point. Rich. What are your thoughts about if the Steelers add to the defensive line before training camp? I predict the Steelers will add to a line before training camp. I'm just not sure if it will be offense or defense. Ah, so you think there will? Well, because I'm, I'm pretty sure their roster is only at 89. They still have um, another spot to, to where they could, you know, they're going to have 90 players where they get go to Latrobe. So, you know, they're going to add something. Um, but but what, what do you think about them spending significant uh, capital on a, on a defensive lineman? Um, I, I'm not sure that they're going to. Okay. Um, those discussions, though, I'm sure were probably happening this week. Really. Yeah, they're happening. Yeah. Um, as we came out of OTAs and as we came out of minicamp, um, I'm sure that uh, the coaching staff has sat down 
and there's been discussions with the front office of where they feel um, they are. I, I would imagine, again, with both lines, offensive and defensive line, do do they feel they have a need in one of those areas? Is there an area that they think they might have a bigger need than another? You know, what people are out there and available, what kind of money would they look to spend? I, I think there's conversations that are probably happening this week in terms of what some potential options could be for them. I don't know that the Steelers, you know, th- do they have to go get another defensive lineman? I don't think they have to. They don't have to, no. Yeah, they don't have to. Could they? Yeah. You know, well, they can get the right guy for the right price. They feel it was a fit. They feel feel things would really, you know, really benefit the defense to do it. And maybe they do. But I think, that, again, that's part of the discussion going on this week is, okay, do we need another player, you know, are we better served to go get another defensive lineman to try to get in there and plug in, or would we better off, would we be better off to go get another offensive lineman to go look at yeah. and and see if we could you know bolster that line? Yeah, I think those discussions are happening. Just not sure yet. You know, there's not enough. What would say rumblings and grumblings out there to 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 know um, kind of what's been going on you know, inside the walls over there at the Rooney complex. Yeah. And, and the thing is look at last year, look at what happened during mini camp during mini camp next thing, you know, you know, David DeCastro is there and he's not participating, but he's there. And then they bring in another guard for a visit during mini camp. And then as soon as mini camps over DeCastro is released, they sign that other guard. What they saw was that he wasn't going to be able to play. He wasn't good to go. They've had Tyson Alualu there with OTAs and minicamp. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear about them bringing anybody in. So that tells me, even at 35 years old, that right now they feel that he is good to go. I think if there was any question about Alualu, then I think they need to get somebody else because I don't think they can afford to be down both players again next year. Now, when you look at it, last year, people are like, oh, it was so terrible. It's so terrible. Yeah, but you haven't lost anyone on the defensive line. You've gained Alu back, hopefully close to what he was in 2020. You don't know, you know, father time is not very kind to many people. Um, so you don't know exactly, you know, if, if he can be anywhere close to that, but you also know that he didn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body last year. Cause he only appear, appeared in two games and apparently the ankle injury was good to where he could have a regular off season and he wasn't having to, to continue to, to rehab. I heard that. I don't know if that's true, but that was something that, that I did hear. Um, then you add a third round draft pick. So to me, I don't see any reason to think that the defensive line would be worse than last year. But you also got to look at last year and you say about how bad it was, but you, that's because you were so darn spoiled the year before when they were the best defensive line in the NFL. You know, So that's part of the problem as well. I don't know that it's going to be a huge glaring weakness, but if they are concerned about it at all, go get someone. I would not be shocked if that doesn't happen until after training camp begins because there's only so much you can tell during mini camp especially on the offensive-defensive line, because those are the two positions that you can't really know what's going on until they get the pads on. Yep. Um, anything else about that subject before we roll? 
I would just throw out there, and it's a very unlikely outcome, but something to watch is that we know the Steelers and the Eagles have lots of, uh, I guess, cross personnel in their front offices. Andy Weedle coming over as the assistant GM and Brandon Hunt mm-hmm. going to a, a personnel role with the Eagles. Maybe the Eagles trade Fletcher Cox to the Steelers. I mean, they just drafted Jordan Davis very high in the first round. Obviously, super optimistic about his talents, and he's just a, uh, a, an astoundingly huge human being. And people figure he might be more of a rotational defensive lineman. Maybe the Eagles view him differently and and trust in those combine and pro day numbers that we saw. And Fletcher Cox is going to free, be a free agent at the end of the year. He's aging. So if things, if you really want to get weird, why not Fletcher, Fletcher Cox to the Eagles? We saw our very own Michael Beck throughout Aaron Donald to the Steelers. Um, didn't happen, obviously, but if Donald didn't get his deal done, anything could have happened. So I do think Fletcher Cox is a potential trade piece, especially later in the season if the Eagles aren't as good as people think they will be. Yeah, and but the, see, the thing that's weird with Cox is, remember, they released him as a post-June cut and then re-signed him before June 1st. So that's kind of a weird situation. I don't know that they would do that to turn around and trade him. That's the only thing that concerns me. But apparently the Steelers were fairly close to acquiring him last year at the trade deadline. I don't know if they were that close, but at least some, at least apparently there was at least a discussion between the two sides at some point. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if he's really one of those guys. And and then I know everyone's like, well, Hargrave, he was such a he was a Pro Bowl last year, and his PFF score was lower than Chris Wormley's. So, but not that I give that much credence to PFF. So it's it, it's all in the eye of the beholder. It really is. So to tie into what we were just talking about goes to number four on your list, which was when do we get a a first look at the new front office in action making a a move? This basically is talking about. This sums up all three of them, if you think about it. Any of those first three things that we brought up, which were uh, a contract extension for players, uh, signing Kenny Pickett to his rookie deal, um, or adding a defensive lineman or not, any of those things, if they happen, would suffice for number four, which is getting the first look at the new front office. Uh, Bradley, what, what, anything more you want to say about that? Well, I think with that point, it's more of, again, it's kind of a wait and see. We might not get a good look at the front office until the end of the, the season if the Steelers don't trade for anybody or if they decide not to re-sign Minka or Boswell. But I think it's pretty likely that by at least September, um, we, we have a pretty good idea of how this front mm-hmm. office wants to operate. And at least in terms of personnel tendencies with Dan Rudy Jr. taking that over um, and just the faith in the team, we'll see what type of cuts they make at the end of training camp. I know Jalen Samuels was, was a pretty big cut um, in recent years. So we'll see which of the linebackers they decide to keep. I, I saw you guys had Marcus Allen left out of your 53-man predictions. That would be... I put him back on this last time. Oh, I put him did. back on. Okay. Yeah, and I, I because I, I, I did that to, to make Shannon White mad because I dropped Mark Robinson off because I'm like, anytime a seventh-round pick starts to get a bunch of hype, I immediately want to calm it down a little bit. I'd rather have low expectations than high, but that's just me. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, but I think, again, it's it's something where we might not know anything until closer to the season starts, or we could know as soon as, as tomorrow if they get an extension done. And I think we, we have to watch forward these extensions are not just the figures, but how the contract is like unfolds. Structured. So what type of signing bonus, how backloaded the deals are, because we know Omar Khan likes to do a lot of that and have very low cap hits, at least early in the year. And we've seen the Rams exploit that. And everyone says, well, where do the Rams keep getting all this money? Well, it's because of how they keep structuring their contracts. Um, so guys like, I think Cooper Cup actually is going to be cheaper than he was this year, or at least one of the guys they recently signed is going to yeah. be cheaper. 
Um, so we could see that with the Steelers and Minka Fitzpatrick slated to make 10.6 million this year. Maybe if he gets an extension, they drop that all the way to 5 million or something and actually save some cap room for 2022. Yeah. So Rich, do you expect anything different from this front office than what we've seen in the past? Nothing glaring. Yeah, I don't know it, that I see not, it from a contract a, standpoint other than a player evaluation standpoint. Yeah, it, it's, it's not going to be a total shift in philosophy or anything like that. It's going to be pretty much, um, you know, things are still going to be done the Steeler way. And, um, yeah, I, I don't expect any huge shakeup from the front office with how, how they deal with these things. Yeah, I I agree, uh, but I do. I'm very interested to see if there's a change in anything. For example, like last year, TJ Watt got three years of guaranteed money. That was new for the Steelers. That mm-hmm. was, you know, was. I did an article this week about does that sound like something the Steelers would do? Is a question that I ask when people bring up ideas. I do it on the show a lot. I do it on all my shows a lot. People say I, I did the same thing about my example was where people say, oh. Don't re-sign Deontay Johnson, trade him. All right, that wouldn't leave the Steelers with only one receiver who played any significant snaps from last year on this year's roster. Does that sound like something the Steelers would do? To me, it doesn't. But occasionally you're going to get those special things that break the mold. They're, they're going to do it a certain way 19 out of 20 times. And then what do you know? They do give up a first-round draft pick to get Minka Fitzpatrick. They do have three guaranteed years on T.J. Watt's salary, things like that. I want to see if, you know, kind of is, is that – I don't see them trading away first-round draft picks as something that's going to change because that comes even higher up than the front office there. But maybe how they structure or have guaranteed money in these contracts for the bigger players moving forward. So I'm really interested to see – I want to see a Minka Fitzpatrick deal get done, and I want to see what it looks like to kind of figure out, you know, is the standard the standard or is that standard shifting a little bit? That's that's really what I want to see. Um but one thing, I got another thing just to throw out there to both you guys. I, I know we're running low on time, but something the Steelers have have done pretty much every year, and they have not done this year. They still have the chance to, but they haven't. What has the Steelers front office not done this year that they've done in the past? Any idea what I'm talking about? I'm going to guess. With everybody last year. Go ahead. I'm going to guess, well, they still have 20 million in cash space left. So I feel like it has something to do with that and potentially using more of mm-hmm. it. Cause now that, I mean, you still have to sign Kenny Pickett, but you still have probably a good yeah. 16, 17 million to use. Kenny Pickett is not going to cost more than $2 million um, after, after um, displacement. So that's going to get down to 18. Then you got another $5 million that they're going to need to, for the, for their last two players on the roster that'll count when they get down to 53 and to sign your practice squad. That's going to leave him at $13 million. Guess how much money they had last year after they signed T.J. Watt and gained a little bit of money back? $13 million. It's really about the same. This isn't they, – they aren't dealing with buku money compared to, to past years. When, once you factor in these things, they still need to do. But they didn't do something this year which could give them even more money. Is it restructure restructure yeah. contracts. I mean, the Steelers could restructure T.J. Watt for up to for a little bit more than seventeen million dollars, and it actually wouldn't kill his cap numbers in the future. They would make them 
about what they are this year because they're actually a little bit lower in the years to come. That they had that. I mean, I think that's why they structured it this way, that they could. But my goodness, if they don't need to, I'm just glad they didn't. I don't know why they restructured Derek Watt last year. There was no reason to restructure. They didn't gain much money from it. And then they ended up, but they didn't know the DeCastro thing was going to happen, which allowed them to carry more money into the season than they expected. So, and they used the void years, but then again, they carried the money into this into the next year to help cover those void years. So I, I think there's, I like that they haven't restructured, but I still wouldn't be shocked to see if they end up doing it. Rich, do you think they'll restructure any contracts before, I, I before think now in the pre- start of the season? I, I think they're prepared to do it if they need to. I, yeah. you know, especially because you're talking the fact that, you know, the cap guru Omar Khan is actually now the the GM. He's got one, and I'm you know I'm, I'm sure, like you said, with TJ Waters, you know, they've got something in, the, in his. He's got one in his back pocket that he's like, "Hey, we could do this really and quick." It's guaranteed you know? anyway, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's like all it does is shift around the sides when we you know when we all it changes is the date we cut checks on. You know, <laughs> yes. Is he going to get it now, or is he going to get it each week? Right, but I, I like the fact that they're why do it unless they need to have or, to, yeah, and yeah. So it, it's like, oh, well, maybe we do need to go do something. Well, okay, let's do this restructure real quick so we can free up a little more cap yeah. space and go so, do it. I mean, think about it. they could almost double their cap space with TJ Watt. They really could yeah. if they wanted to and if they needed to. And it wouldn't – and like Cam Hayward, they could do his, but they would get – and it's only if he – he already got his roster bonus. I don't know if he where, – where it's guaranteed. I don't know if they could still – some depending on the language of the contract, which we are not – we're not privy to, that that could still – some contracts say you can still use it as a – as a, his roster bonus could still be used as a signing bonus in a restructure. Um, it all depends on that, uh, what, how much they could actually do. But that's only one more year on his, so it's actually really pushing to a really big number next year. So to me, if you're going to do it, it would be T.J. Watt, and you don't even have to do it for the full amount. But I like the whole notion of don't do it unless you have to. Really don't yeah. unless you have to. And if you need to, only do as much as you need. You don't have to restructure all $17 million. You could say, oh, it would be nice to have another $6 million. So we'll just restructure that amount, and then that that wouldn't get him anywhere. His other his future cap numbers anywhere close to his cap number for this year. Well, I mean, not anywhere. I say they're all fairly close, but I mean, within I, it wouldn't put him over. So that's 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 pretty good. So let's get to the last one bef- before we finish up the show here. The very last one because it's a fun one. What stadium are we going to next year? Is it Heinz Field or is it going to be something else? This is something that I think is interesting to watch over the next six weeks. I think you hit this one, hit the nail on the head with this one here, Bradley, because I think this one's going to come down. I don't know that this would carry into training camp. I, I think we'll have an idea. So go ahead and set that up for us real quick. Well, you you mentioned the idea that going into when the Steelers are in Latrobe, I mean, they held, they held training camp in uh, Heinz Field, well, formerly Heinz Field last year, not going to be the case this year. But I think if they were to go back, to their stadium, we would definitely see this resolved uh, probably by early July because how, I guess where are you going to tell fans to go? Like yeah. if Heinz Field isn't the name anymore, you, can, you can't say calling all Steelers fans to like Steelers Stadium or anything. You got to have a pretty outline name by then. So I think the fact that they're going back to St. Vincent College kind of buys them a little bit more time. But this deal with uh, Kraft Heinz expired in 2020. They renegotiated in 2021 and kind of made an interim deal. Um, but there really hasn't been 
much progress made. The, lat- the latest we've heard from different outlets is in, in March, they were talking and I guess somewhat confident that they could get a longer term deal done. Um, but I know, I think I would like to see it stay Heinz field, but there are a number of pretty big conglomerates out of Pittsburgh, maybe like giant Eagle stadium. Someone has, people have floated. No, no, say no, it right. Right. If you're going to say it, say it right. No, he, he doesn't know how to say it. He's probably one of these people that thinks it's pop and not soda. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, that's a cut on Andrew Wilbar. Sorry. Um, uh, the, Cause they like to ask people that in their interviews. It's it's how is it rich? Say it right. Giant Eagle. Giant Eagle. Okay. Eagle. Okay. The 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 word or the, the word out there was last year the only other thing that was really that was really a player in the name was the only other one that I would be okay that it would go with if it's not Heinz Field and that was U.S. Steel. The U.S. Steel Center in Pittsburgh. And the problem is Kraft is they've moved so much. Kraft Heinz has moved so much out of Pittsburgh. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Yeah. So rich. Is is preference number one to keep it the same? I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm really not sure. Yeah. Um, for lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, though, if you're going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I've always wondered this. You know, who who out there still controls what's left of the you know Carnegie fortune? Mm-hmm. I'd love to see it named after Andrew Carnegie. Oh, there you go. I never thought of that one. The bad, basically, <laughs> yeah, the founder, yeah, the godfather of the steel industry in Pittsburgh. There you go. Bad, bad, like trying to do something with 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 Mister Rogers, and he wanted to call it the neighborhood. <laughs> the neighborhood, <laughs> ah, that neighborhood. <laughs> you know. Um, but to me, if it's U.S. Steel, I would rather them change yeah. it. Um, I don't know if I like U.S. Steel Field as much as I like U.S. Steel Stadium. You know, I wouldn't even mind if they do, too. What if it's Heinz Field at U.S. Steel Stadium? Like, the field is Heinz and the stadium, you know. Yeah, we, I mean, we saw that with, do uh, that? We saw yeah. that with Arrowhead. I think it's like, yeah. U, it's like UKMC Field at Arrowhead, Arrowhead Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's, it's everyone calls it Arrowhead still, so no, yeah. no real Of course. course. Yeah, and I mean, um, if the Heinz name is with it at all, it's going to stay there. And like, because mm-hmm. we, we talked about this before. Was it on this show, Rich? Or I can't remember if it was a preview. No, it was It was at your house. And our brother-in-law said, I guess they would change, if it's U.S. Steelfield, they would change the ketchup bottles that pour out <laughs> to to where it's, you know, the, 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 the molten steel that comes down and, 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 and rolls onto the I mean, they, they can make that change. So, um, cool. or or like someone said, I think it was Wes might have said in the live chat, Iron City beer. That you'd have to get the beer cans and have it flowing down there. Iron City. So, <laughs> Iron City. So, uh, yeah, smelting pots. Thank you very much there, Steel Dog 88. <laughs> get the smelting pots. You had trouble with that. That w- I had to figure that out for you yeah. when Jamie brought up. You guys couldn't figure out the smelting pots. Yeah, smelting. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> well, I'm sorry because no, it, it's, it's something else about smelting that I'm not going to get into that story. So uh, that that would be uh, that that would be pretty cool. But I think it'll get resolved. I mean, obviously it's going to have to get resolved. But uh, that would that would be my choice. So guys, we're really running over. Rich, do you have any suggestions for our big question tonight? Uh, well, why don't we go with what we were? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah, why don't we go with it? So I wanted you to know. Let, are we Although throwing right Heinz now, Field out? I, I know you haven't put it out there yet, you know, but some yeah. things that were flying before we even brought that up. And I kind of like this one. Reginald Rivers said it should be Scobro Field, and you know why not? So Dave, 
pay the money. Right yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, so what's so our question is I'm gonna ask you guys each before anyone else puts it out there. What's the name of the Steelers Stadium? Well, remember, it's it's not just for the Steelers, it's for Pitt and everything. Yeah. Um next year, if it's not Heinz. Um Bradley. Uh, what do you think? I think they could still have it as yeah. What's well, I next? think everyone most oh no, okay, so we're not gonna rule out Heinz? All no. right. Okay, we're not really they really be up for keeping yeah. that. I necess- I'm not necessarily up for keeping that. I am okay. a bigger fan. I wish it would be U.S. Steel. That's okay, me. so Rich, you're going with U.S. Steel. I'm going with U.S. Steel. Option to stay. Okay. Bradley, what about you? I mean, I think for posterity's sake alone, if you want to keep the fact that Kenny Pickett played all five years at, at Heinz Field, you can't change the name in his rookie year, and then people will get you on technicalities like, oh, it's not Heinz Field anymore. It's It's – uh, DSG field now or something. So I think it, I think they keep it Heinz field. It's just the Steelers like to maintain, you know, the standard. And I think that's just one of the staples of the franchise having Heinz field. There you go. There, wow. We, we, we've got, we've got them coming in. So yep. I put the question out there. So people know they're supposed to wait. Um, uh, Sean Manahan. I don't know if Pedro's was actually his answer. Cause he put an LOL. Um, I don't know if that's his, if it is his answer, put it in there again. I'll bring if it, it is, up again. Put it in again, Pedro. Yeah. Um, Sean Manning said Pittsburgh Steel Stadium. Okay. Um, George Teston says Three Rivers. Okay. <laughs> Johnny Bravo, Bradley Locker Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Wes likes U.S. Steel Stadium. He's like me. He likes yeah, the U.S. US Steel. Steel. And I like I'd... stadium better than field. Okay. Yeah. Steel Dog 88 says UPMC Field. Okay. That one wouldn't surprise me. Nah, I'm not a big fan of that one. You already have the whole complex <laughs> and the Steelers and yeah. UPMC. You can't make the field UPMC too. No, because that's you know where the Penguins isn't that UPMC or, or is that PPG? I think that's PPG. That's what it, PPG. I've been there. I don't even remember what it's called. PPG. Jimmy <laughs> Terry Band, Grassy Knoll Field, but you have to spell it. Okay. Doc Holiday says Arthur J. Rooney Field, and BF Bud says Heinz Field. Okay. Steelers Pittsburgh says Iron City Beer had to spell it for me to pronunciate it right, yes. but they would like Iron Iron City Beer, Iron City Field. I don't know. Okay, Pedro put it back in there. That's what he wanted. Yep. He Three Rivers. Rivers. Yep. Okay, I I haven't been. I just because it's just me and she's our buddy. Uh, yep. I'm going to bring it up because usually you only allowed one, but she's special. But she says either she put a stay, yep, or Three she's Rivers. Nostal- she's nostalgic. Nostalgic. Yes. Yep. I That's all remember. right. She's like yep. the names of the stadium. She doesn't yeah. want it to not There's, be one of yeah. them. Reginald right. says Joe Greenfield. No. Who's going to pay for no, that Reginald, No, no, <laughs> Reginald. If you're going to name, no, it would be mean Joe Green. Mean Joe Green. Yeah. Yes. If <laughs> yeah. you're going that route, you got to okay. go all the way. All right. James Gal- Galway says American Standard Stadium. That's a new one for me. I, 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 it's I, kind I, of boring, but no. I mean, the standard is the standard. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what it'd be. We're now there Sorry, for... I've already started to laugh at what's probably going to be the next one. But Brian's Brian Keats says the Beehive. Well, that means you'd have to bring back the Bumblebee jerseys yes, too, right? Yeah, yes, the Bumblebee jerseys. Okay. The thing is. Do they have to start having cheerleaders there? Is Sapphire going to? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Chris Rush says, Mr. Rogers Stadium. Okay. Um, Jesus, I had to make sure I said that right, um, says, Heinz Seven Fields. 
<laughs> Just me says I'm dodging up your old. Yeah. Um, West, I'm just going to put this up there because he said, hey, if you're going to have a raw Arthur Rooney Field, try to fit the Chief in there somehow. Yeah, for the same reason yeah. it would have to be Mean Joe Green. You know, you definitely want to get the Chief in there in some yeah. way. Yeah. So, and of course, James Galloway has, or, or Galloway says, American Standard you know, makes toilets. I, I knew that. Yes, I, I knew that. that. Yeah, that's okay. Because that so, is actually the toilet I have in my house. <laughs> yes, American there you go. Standard. There you go. Um, uh, but the standard is the standard, man. The standard is um, the standard. That's yeah. right. Uh, Sherry Richards says, she uh, says, U.S. Steel Stadium at Art Rooney Field. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. But I think the next one you guys are going to bring up is the best one. Um, the Russes? Well, he no, just says UPMC because they have the Bucks. He likes Jerry but, Cherry's problem. Yeah, Jerry's. Okay, well, look at that. Sean Mahan says Chief Rooney then, huh? Okay. Uh, Jerry Cherry, he has BTSC field. Sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be great. Um, um, I, I have to throw in Kathy's comment because she says that's the flush <laughs> of the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Russ says he likes Confluence Stadium. I don't, you know, I like the name. I don't, I, the thing is, is the, yeah. Be, being from where I am near Pittsburgh doesn't, Russ, there's a reason why I feel it doesn't quite work. Okay. Because there is a confluence Pennsylvania. Yes, there is. It's it's down it right on the border the, of Maryland. And it is where the confluence of the Yakagani and Castleman Rivers come together. Uh, to then, to then. Which flow then dump into the Mon. Which yeah. Then dumps into the Ohio. Okay. So, um, I like I like the thought process there, Russ. It's a it's a different. Demetrius is Steel Curtain Stadium. Um, Jake Turtle's been saying something that I just a joke I just don't get. I just don't get. <laughs> so, it's been rolling around in there for a little bit, and, and I, I I don't understand it. Somebody okay. will have to clue us in because you know okay. I'm just off. But you will bring yep. it up. So, um. So, <laughs> Dr. Oak Stadium. So, there we go. We've had a lot of them, and we're really running. Bradley, thank you so much for joining us, Dan. I hope you had a good time. It was nice to get you out here. Let those that are watching on YouTube um, or Facebook, you know, now they have a face to put with the name. As long as you are tuning in to uh, or, or checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, that he, the, where he has articles publishing there every week. Um, that's fun. George says he grew up near Confluence. Uh, he used to play Confluence um, as a as a baseball team, didn't you, Rich? Uh, and and yeah, in Penny League, yeah, Penny League. That was one of the teams you played against. Um, so I'm sorry, they're talking. Hey, you James, need some Steelers. Hey, look, I got my table towel right here. Okay, we're good. Oh, the towel. You I'm just not hanging up, but I got yeah, it right with the, me. And, and sorry, I didn't have you on the screen when I talked about here in Renegade earlier. <laughs> so, uh, hey, make sure that you are, you know, check in, check out Bradley, what he has at Behind the Steel Curtain. You can check out what I have at Behind the Steel Curtain. I, I've got articles, multiple articles there every day. Um, but also make sure you check in all our podcasts. Don't miss out on the audio stuff, the audio only, for those of you, if you're just here with us for YouTube and Facebook. Because there's there's so much stuff with Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride, um, my stat geek, what what Yid's talking about is a hilarious show. If if you like comedy, that's the one you need to listen to. Oh, yeah. And if you really like breakdown, I, I I don't miss shows that have KT Smith. He's on the Here We Go the Steelers show. That's a great one. But all the shows, 
as we say, we aren't give, trying, we're doing everything that we can to not give you the same thing all the time. We're not trying to give you the same thing all the time. We're hoping that there's something for everybody. If you like yep. the family setting, you get the family setting. We've been, we've been asking uh, various people on staff, you know, hey, what, what are your top podcasts that you listen to? What's crazy is everyone has a different answer. Everyone has a different answer. Some of them like this one, some of them like that one. So make sure you're checking them all out because for all you know, you might have not even listened to your favorite BTSE podcast yet if you haven't checked them all out. There, you've got them coming in, um, on, in the mornings um, around noontime, and then we have our, our YouTube shows, uh, YouTube Facebook Live shows every evening with the exception of Saturday, but instead you get two on Friday and two on Sunday. Bradley, anything you want to say here to close us out, tell people where they can find you, plug anything that you're doing, anything of that nature. Well, again, it was uh, an absolute pleasure to be here, make my BTSC Scobros debut. You can find me on Twitter at Bradley underscore Locker, always firing off takes about the Steelers, about whatever's happening in the sporting world. I'm also, as you can tell, a big Yankees fan, but I, don't, I promise I don't tweet too much about the Yankees, so don't be turned <laughs> off by that. Don't be turned off by the, the Northwestern content if you're not into that. I think I, I bring a pretty good blend of, of all things, uh, so I like to make my tweets as, as valuable as possible, and I'm obviously going to continue to push stuff um, on the on BTSC. I'm trying to watch some Miles Jack film because I feel like he's also flown under the radar and see what type of stuff he's, he can bring to the defense. He's kind of been an inconsistent player the last three or four years, so trying to highlight um, how can he, how he can avoid those inconsistencies. So stay tuned for some film rooms, maybe some features too, who knows. But Great. yeah, just, just make sure to stay tuned in to all the stuff BTSC has to offer. All right, Rich, your closing thoughts. Come on. I get- I can just make it short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's up to you. Because we're up against the clock, you know. You know. Just, you know me, Dave. I, I'm just ready to talk more Steelers. Can't wait. When I know that it can never really be the same. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just standing still.